All right, we are with a very special person who's put together what you see right behind us uh, with a lot help of a lot of other people as well, not discounting that. GPVL is finally underway 1st of July. And Prashant, it's so nice to meet you. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Kay. Thank you so much. Listening to Good Morning Bangalore. Good Morning Bangalore on 94.3 Radio 1. I'm excited because with regards to a league like this, I think the country has not seen something like this before. Uh, your format excites me so much when you spoke about it just a little while ago. In your opinion, what are some of the things that makes GBBL so much more spectacular than just a regular run-of-the-mill kind of league that you know which kind of sets this apart and you feel really will be the shining points of GPBL? So uh, I mean all leagues are special I wouldn't call any league uh, ordinary but all leagues are special but what makes a league special are the fans so but but the thing is in all the leagues there is a there is a divide between the fans and the performers and the administrators or the owners sure. so to speak but uh, what is different about GPBL is we've kind of try to bridge that gap that exists between the fan, the player, and the promoter or the owner, so to speak. So what owners typically do is they call the shots. They decide who's going to play. The players play based on what the owner says. Yes. And the fan is there on the sidelines, sort of being a mute spectator. Well, or maybe a loud spectator, depending on how vocal <laughs> they are. But, you know, they just... Which one are you? I'm curious to know. Me, for the first season uh, of PBL that I was a part of, I cheered so hard that I lost my voice for a week. <laughs> uh, and after that, I'm like, you know, I, I've been a mute spectator Quite since then. Easy. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So so what, what I've realized, what, what we are trying to do over here is we're trying to bridge that gap. And how do we bridge that gap is that, you know, uh, we don't want... Uh, people uh, who own a team to make all of the decisions sure. and leave the fan who is probably perhaps the most invested in, in the sport, you know, uh, to not have a voice, to not have a say. You know, he's he's just there on the sidelines. We don't want him to be on the sidelines. We want him to feel like he has an opinion. He has a say and his say matters. You know, in, in this country, everybody has a voice. Everybody has an opinion, right? What I really like is the fact that when you spoke about integrating blockchain and NFTs in it, I was like, man, now this is what I'm talking about. Like, this is this is really cool because it's something that interests me particularly. Right. NFTs have always, at least off late, have been seen of a, as the best way for a fan to get integrated. In the in the West, it's more of with artists, right. but the integration with sport I have not seen in India, which is so exciting for me. So let's just say I am I own an NFT of the Bengaluru Lions, hypothetically. What are the potentials that you feel can go with this? me owning an NFT just as a fan. So uh, in the West, it's, it's very interesting that you spoke about NFTs being used for art. Art is for appreciation. Typically, you know, you, you go to the Louvre, you see the Mona Lisa and you look at it and you say, wow, that's nice. And then you go outside, there is a cheap gift shop over there. You get a copy of it and you print it as, as a souvenir, right? But then now there are multiple copies of it. And, you know, you put it in your house and now you say you own it. But I can't come and take it because it's in your house. And because of the virtue of the fact that I don't have access to it, it becomes yours, so to speak, right? But if I ask you, uh, Kay, do you own that copy of the Mona Lisa? You'll say yes. And if I say prove it, 
the only proof that you have is to show me that you show me your receipt. receipt. And if I told you that on the receipt does your name exist? Can I can I make a duplicate of that receipt? How do I know that you didn't get his receipt? Yeah. There are any number of ways for me to challenge your ownership. Yeah. But with NFT, you cannot challenge that ownership because it's your wallet and it's a digital wallet. And once it goes on the blockchain, it cannot be, it's, it's irrefutable, it cannot be mutated. So now we take that concept and we apply it to the digital world. In in the real world, we, we own physical things. But if you were to move to the digital world, what is this concept of ownership? So a lot of people mock NFTs saying that, you know, it's a picture, you know, you're a fool for owning a picture. But imagine a world where you're plugged in. The best example I can give you is, is this. You want to build a house, you go to an architect, he makes a plan and he gives it to you. You build a house brick by brick by brick and you invite your friends, you get a couch from the popular furniture store, you make them sit down. But imagine we're all wearing virtual headsets. It's a game, you invite your friends to your house. It's a virtual world, you need a house. So you need an architect to design a virtual space for you. Now your friends come in with your Oculus headset and they're moving into your virtual house and they're like, hey, where do we sit? We need to get a virtual couch. So you get a virtual couch. And now you want to decorate your house with art. How do you decorate it? But the thing is, it feels like it's a game, but really it's not really a game because it's not far from the uh, near or distant reality. It is. It really isn't because you know you're you're playing a game now, and when you are playing a game, you're fully immersed, right? Because it's not just the three senses, but it's all five senses, all five senses right? Yeah. So you are there and you are experiencing all of this. Sure. And now, when you go get this couch, when when you buy this, somebody's crafted it beautifully. Now that's a digital piece, right? You can't just grab it off the internet and put it out there, yeah. right? So now you own it. And that is what an NFT allows you to do. It could be a Bengaluru Lions couch. It could be a Bengaluru Lions couch. <laughs> For all you know, yeah, you, you bet. And you have a digital version of the Bengaluru Lions uh, thing. And if your team happens to win, you have the trophy right there in your house right. as an NFT, right? So, so the thing is that, you know, a lot of people ask about utility, mm. right? They say, you know, what's, what's the utility of an NFT? Now that's the reason is because we've not completely crossed over. And maybe perhaps we may never do, right? Maybe we don't want to. We live in the real world, but we also exist in the virtual world. So the thing is that a lot of the younger generation now, their identity is online. That's true. right. And they want to be able to show that, look, this is who I am. I'm a fan of this. I love this sport, but how do you show it? By that logic of what you just said, can I ask you the question of with regards to is this league particularly, I mean, I don't think it is, but like integrating blockchain in it, um, it's targeted in a large way to draw that younger audience quite a bit. Am I right in saying that? Uh, it's it's targeted at audience, the younger audience for sure, but it's also targeted about educating people, the avid fan. Like if, if I told my 60 year old or I guess 70 year old father-in-law that, hey, you know, he, he all he does is watch sport. If I told him, hey, you can control, you know, which player should actually be playing today, or at least you have a say. He would be really excited because all he does is he sits in front of the TV all day long and he says, look at that guy. He doesn't know how to play. If I were the captain, I would make the other guy play. Now we can actually do it. Yeah, yeah, now we can actually do it. Yeah, yeah. So it's not just the younger audience. I have found that uh, even the older uh, people are adopting technology quite fast. It's, mm. it's, they're not averse to it. Sure. You know, so there is a legitimate use case for anyone who wants to do something. Technology is just an enabler. So sky's the limit, really. With regards to putting together this league, I think it took you a, a little bit of time to kind of do this. Obviously, this thing doesn't happen overnight. What's probably been like the biggest speed bump, how you guys managed to overcome that and uh, 
must be so great sitting here today you know kind of unveiling the trophy uh, unveiling the jerseys having these a list um, sports personnel here from different parts of the country what's probably been the toughest part of putting this together i think the toughest part well there were two things both one was not quite so enjoyable at least for me and the other was thoroughly enjoyable uh, the toughest the first part was getting all the legal paperwork in place navigating all the bureaucratic stuff covid was a challenge but you know it took us it took us a better part of a year and a half to get everything done but you know we took our time we made sure that all the legal contracts were in place we negotiated a 22 year deal so so that was hard uh, many times i thought this was not going to happen but we persevered the other hard part was bringing on board really legitimate credible people who believed in it we've had over i don't know 25 30 people who wanted to own teams we wanted to start with six teams and then you know step by step we we started getting interest from really credible people as you may have seen yeah. during the event and that changed uh, things for us we were very very picky uh, and i'm so happy that we have such a great team of owners because these guys make our break everything right and and they're also supportive so that's very exciting in fact after the thomas cup uh, we had six new applications people Amazing. wanted to own teams just after the thomas cup Amazing. win wow. and and we had to ref- refuse them <laughs> but we also had to end up increasing from six teams to eight teams yeah so yeah. Yeah. yeah so so we plan to add two new teams in season 4 and two new teams in season 6 do you have a favorite um <laughs> yes i do you do i that's my favorite <laughs> grand prix badminton league is my favorite my last question to you of course is um with what you spoke about with the the format i've spoken to this about sindhu and uh, shrikanth as well so fascinating right from you know the 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 trump game am i saying it right trump match. the trump match the trump match the uh, you know having the golden point as well so exciting what were you guys thinking when you innovated something like this because i mean this is something i've never seen before and that i was just sitting with my wife and she said that this is something that will actually make me want to watch she said that herself you know putting this together that innovative part of the sport what was that like for you guys yeah so it's it's a very interesting question and i i allow me to get a little technical please about no, this please, yeah, yeah. so you take cricket for example there are a thousand variables that influence whether a team is going to win or lose yeah so for example the pitch condition uh the cloud the ball the size of the stadium there are so many things not just the players i'm talking about all the other variables that yeah, exist yeah. you pick any sport any outdoor sport perhaps you know there are a lot of variables like if you take tennis some per- some people perform better when it's hotter some people can't uh, you take formula 1 you know schumacher yeah. was the king when it rained you yeah. know but you take badminton it's a very controlled environment you are playing indoors the ac is controlled it's one court so every week when in, when when players go from malaysia to indonesia to thailand to you know denmark wherever everything looks the same you can't really differentiate it where are the variables that influence if sindhu plays a lower ranked player there is no chance that a lower ranked player can ever defeat sindhu so so the result is sort of predetermined so there is no challenge there's no competition there is some minor variables so what we wanted to do is in the team format we wanted to introduce as many variables as we could so the first variable that we introduced is you know and all these variables are unpredictable yeah. because you never know how it could play out and it would all it would all depend on the fan and the team owner to strategize so the golden point was one of them so in badminton when you are getting a point after point after point you have momentum 
and it's very possible that a team at that point in time could say hey you know my player got 5 points in a row let's get a golden point because he'll jump to get 7 points yeah. but at that point in time if they made a decision uh, if if they made a mistake it's possible that you could shift the momentum shift the, because yeah. not only will you break the serve you'll give the other you'll give opponent an edge yeah. so now you've introduced a variable similarly with uh, the trump match if you bet on the wrong player because you don't know who the opponent is going to you know who you're going to play and you lose then you go one point behind mm. so you are introducing these variables which makes the game exciting and keeps fans guessing what are they going to do who's going to be the trump match and then of course the super match is if you're down and out if you make it a super match and it, we have three points basically we're skewing it towards people working together as a team yeah. right because badminton is perceived as an independent sport but truly no sport is an individual sport yeah. there are a thousand people that go behind what it takes to make a sindhu or a shrikant that triples thing really got me like it was just very cool yeah the the triples thing was to basically show that badminton is fast so uh, we wanted to create a format where a game gets over in maybe 15 minutes and we've experimented with various academies you know it it was just an imagination thing we were like let's let's try it, let's try it yeah. and then when when we tried it the players were like This is crazy. This is so good. In fact, I was just talking to Satvik and Satvik was like, "Can I be a part of a league where I can play triples?" And I'm like, "Why would you want to play?" He's like, "No, no, no. I want to play triples." triples yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so that is that is that's really Super. exciting for us. Yeah. Super. I wish you guys all the very best. I this is such a cool format. Uh the fact that it's happening in Karnataka makes me extremely happy. But more than anything else, I think it's a start of something, a shift dynamically in the format of the game, which is very very exciting and you know, integrating things like blockchain and all. All the very best. I I I'm going to be so thrilled to say a couple of years down the line that I got to speak to you before uh you know this even kicked off and now look at where it is I'm sure I will be saying that and all the very best to all of you thank you Kate thank you so much and I'm really hoping that this is a model that all the other sports uh pick up as well because I think India is a, India is a country where there are thousands of sports that are actually not even known people don't know people play it and i hope that this basically opens up the doors for all those sports to become mainstream Fantastic. thank you so much hey, ladies and gentlemen get to know him off air too have you followed him on facebook instagram and twitter yet at off air with k slide into his dms now 94.3 radio 1 one world your station